Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hey, everyone. It's great. It is great to be here with you today. The team's going to just kind of come and get stuff set up behind me. Um, Oliver, move me where you need me to be. But I just wanted to start today by saying, I love you, church. Yeah. And um, it's been a joy for almost 20 years. In two weeks, it'll be 20 years that I've been on the pastoral team at, uh, at GT. And that's a joy. It's a real privilege. And I've learned so much and grown so much and have been given so many gifts and opportunities and your time and your relationship. And it, it means a lot to me. And I just need you to know that I really love you. I love those of you that have come recently. I love those of you who've been here a long time. I love the, the church, the family of God. And that's really important because right after I became the lead pastor, the Lord spoke something to me. It was the first time that God spoke to me specifically about my senior leadership at GT. And, and he said to me, you can't change things that you don't love without hurting them. And so make sure that before you institute any change, and I knew there were changes that needed to happen, that I start with love. And I want you to know it's been a, it's been a joy and a gift to develop a heart of love for this house. And I love you, and I say it often, and I never say it without first thinking about it because it's true. I really do love you, church, and it's a, it's a joy. As Lisa mentioned, today's kind of a big news day. It's Vision Sunday, and often on Vision Sunday, we're throwing out a lot of kind of fresh things that we're going to be doing. That's going to come out in weeks to come. Today is about name change. Today is about the journey that we've been on. The leadership team has been listening to God, praying, seeking God, and I'm, t- I'm today going to present to you a new name. I'll be using this screen to help you see and help our, our, watch, our audience that's viewing online. Uh, there'll also be images up behind, but uh, this is kind of a, a really exciting day. Glad Tidings Church Victoria, uh, the name is changing very, very soon. It'll be here before you know it. So it's Vision Sunday, and the title of my message today is New Wineskins. I want to take you to a place in the scripture where Jesus, in all that he was doing in his earthly life, was coming to a place where those who could have and should have been like on his side weren't. You know, he came talking about God. But there were people before him that talked about God. And when they saw Jesus come, they saw the new things Jesus was doing, they weren't thrilled. They decided that he was in opposition to who they are and what they wanted to do and become. And so they began to push back against him. They began to question him. They began to ask him questions in an attempt to trap him in what he might say. And, you know, when we get to Luke chapter 5, this is already happening And I'm going to take you to a particular uh, section in Luke chapter 5. But the lead up to this is Jesus finally saying, okay, let me just go on record and say, I'm doing something that's brand new. And I represent the new way of God in this world. 
And Jesus said to them, he gave them this example. He said, no one takes a new garment, like a brand new garment you just bought from the store. You don't take a new garment and rip it and take a piece of that brand new cloth and sew it onto an old garment. You don't do that. And he says, there's a couple reasons why. One, you've ruined the new garment, which makes sense. And another reason why is because that fabric that's brand new, it hasn't shrunk yet. And when you sew it on that old garment and then you wash it and it dries, it's going to shrink and it's just going to make the tear worse. So he says, you don't, you don't put a new patch on an old garment. And then he goes on with his analogy to what we're going to be talking about, about wineskins. So look at Luke chapter five with me. He told them this parable. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, this is interesting, and no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. And that's what was happening in the time that Jesus was talking to these, these uh, Pharisees. They liked what was. They liked the old system. They liked the old methods. And Jesus was challenging them. He was saying, listen, you get the concept. This is an ancient concept about maintaining freshness. When you, know, you want to uh, preserve wine, you would, they would take uh, the stomach of a sheep, gross, and they would uh, sew the ends up. And they would um, make just one tiny opening where they would pour the new wine, which was just grape juice. And then they would cork that. And this new wine, in this new, in this wineskin, would go through a process. And in the process, there would be gases released. The wineskin would expand because it's still pliable, it's new. And it would flex with those gases. And then the, then the wine would mature and it could be enjoyed. Now, the problem is, is once it expands like that, it gets hardened. And you can't put new wine in there again because it will split, rip, and it doesn't have, the, the elasticity is gone. So Jesus is saying, why would, you, why would I put my new stuff into an old wineskin? I have to put this new wine into new wineskins. That was kind of the concept. He was warning them and he was challenging them on their thinking and their methods. And, and what he was saying to them is, listen, you can lose your elasticity as you age. You can become hardened as you age. You can become rigid as you age. This is a, a really important text when we consider change, which is where we are today. We're discussing change. There's big changes coming to our church and to our church family. And so Jesus kind of outlines a couple of things here. He says, you've got wine, you've got wineskins, you've got old, you've got new, you've got a problem here because you have two options. You can either renew or you can waste what God is doing. You have to be made new. There needs to be a new flexibility, a new pliability, a new elasticity given back to your lives if you're going to be able to accept the new way of God that Jesus was bringing at that time. And here's what I've learned. When you become rigid, you judge rather than discern. Think about that. When you become rigid, you judge rather than discern. They were not discerning what God was doing through his son, Jesus. They were judging what God was doing through 
Jesus. And as a result, their rigidity, their inflexibility, their lack of elasticity kept them from receiving. And the truth is, is most of them missed it. Most of them missed exactly what Jesus came to do. There's a few exceptions, Nicodemus being one of them. But there was a few exceptions, but for the most part, they actually missed what God was doing. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, they were saying things like, why, do you, why does he eat with sinners? And, and why does he heal on the Sabbath? And why doesn't he fast at the prescribed times? And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I'm doing something new. And, and if you can't perceive that, you're actually going to miss it. And so this is the context where we find ourselves today because the same challenge is present for us. As Lisa mentioned, we're almost 100 years old as a church family. That's a long time to get a little bit more hardened and structured, and you can lose elasticity in 100 years. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is a reality not only in our physical bodies, but also in a spiritual sense. After almost 100 years of history, let me just say that God still wants to do something new. I mean, let's look at the verse here in Isaiah 43, 19, because this one talks about the new things that God wants to do. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I mean, it comes quickly. All of a sudden, whoa, there's something new happening right now. And he says, do you not perceive it? Why does, why does the writer write this? Why does Isaiah say this? Why did God say that? Because we can miss it. That's why. Do you not perceive it? In other words, wake up, something new's happening. And you can miss that. You can miss the new that God is doing. You can miss it. You can fail to perceive it. You cannot be a new wine receiver because you don't see what God is up to. Can I get an amen? That's real. That's true. And it's actually pretty good preaching. I'm just saying. So the truth is, is when we think about our God, we understand that he's ancient, but we also have to understand that he's current, right? We, we have to see God as steady, as unchanging, but also fresh. And, and this is the deal, because our God loves renewal and revival, amen? He's a God who loves the new because he's always doing something new. He's always meeting your life in a new place. As soon as you're working on something with him and you feel like, yes, God, thanks, he goes, okay, let's talk about this. He's always moving us. There's always something new with the Lord, and that's a beautiful thing. God is a God of renewal and revival. And what do I mean by renewal and revival? Well, I mean, I just think we have to look at it biblically. When you look at the Bible, there's lots of pictures of renewal, and when I say renewal, what I mean is old things being made new. And this happens over and over again in the Bible. Often there's a, a rebuilding of the altar. Uh, there's a repairing. There's a renewal of the temple over and over again. They refresh. They renew. And, and in our own lives, it's like dry faith. You know, it can get dusty in here, in your soul. And get dusty, and you need something fresh. You need the fresh work of God, a work of renewal that gives life, fresh life to your own faith. And maybe that's why you're in church today. You just feel like, I need a new passion. I need a new freshness in my life. Well, that's renewal. But there's also revival. And where renewal is making old things new, revival is making dead things alive. Come on, somebody. Isn't that exciting? Dead things coming back to life. 
And we see that picture, you know, in Daniel with the dry bones, when we see, or in Ezekiel with the dry bones, when we see these kind of pictures of what was once dead, but now it is alive, shaking and rattling and coming back together. Why? Because God is doing something. And that's the truth of every person who is a believer in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says you were dead in your sins, but now you are alive in Jesus Christ. Is there a testimony in the house? Yeah, that's right. That's what God does because God is a God of renewal and revival. Revival, dead things back to life. You know, when I, when I see this picture, um, I have to just kind of bring the two pieces together, renewal, revival. Because I'm convinced that renewal actually leads to revival. As God starts doing new things, the spirit starts working in new ways. And when you look into the Old Testament and you see all the kings, I've just been reading through the Chronicles, and, and, and over and over again you see these kings that are just absolutely you know, horrible, bringing the kingdom of Judah and Israel away from God. And then there's this king that God rises up that brings the people back. And he says, let's renew. Let's renew the altar. Let's renew the temple. Let's clean it up. Let's fix it up. You know, and then what happens? There's a revival. That's what happens. The people return. The people come back. There's a revival of worship, a revival of devotion, because it's true. Renewal leads to revival. So let me tell you right now, friends, GT Church is in a season of renewal, and I'm believing that dead things are also going to be coming back to life. Amen? I'm believing for that. God's working in his house. And here's the deal. When God gives the command to make old things new, he intends also to bring dead things back to life. So be expectant because your posture is important. Your faith is important. Your response becomes key in that. So let me give you three reasons why I believe that this is a season of renewal for us as a church. And uh, the first one is this, because the church has a new starting line. I don't know if you know that, but everything's changed. Everything's different now. Where we used to start with one another, the way that we used to relate to each other, it's changed. Uh, we don't, you know, it's kind of integrated now. We've accepted it, but it's changed. The way that, that we connect is different. Do, are we hugging? Are we shaking hands? Are we, el what, what are we, are we done with the elbows? I feel like we're done with the elbows. Yeah, I shook a lot of hands. I, I want to thank you for shaking my hand. That was really nice. I sh shook a lot of hands right back there. But I, things have changed, have changed for us. We're, we're kind of a little more weary. We're not quite sure where we fit and how we interact. We're not sure how work works now. Sometimes we work remotely. Sometimes we work in person. Sometimes we're made to do both. Sometimes we want to do neither. Amen? Right? Yeah. And so it's technology as well. It's changed everything, the way that we relate, the way that we connect, the way that we, you know, integrate meetings with technology. Even right now, while we're having this conversation, hundreds of people are watching online. Hey, everybody, good to have you here with us. And not only that, on Wednesday, we filmed this message, and we've presented that at our West Shore campus at 9 and right now at 11, too. That's technology. So things have changed. In other words, our thinking and our methods have changed. And that's because we have a new starting line. We start in a new place with people, but we also start in a new place with faith. And there are people who are saying like, I guess I'm willing to try that, but I feel a lot more apprehensive than I once did. And so that makes it a little more difficult for us, truly, but God has a plan. 
God has a plan in this season. And just because it's a new starting line, hey, I see it as a time of renewal. I don't see it as a time of loss. God's up to something and he's doing something super exciting. And I hope you can feel that as well. Another reason why I really believe this is a season of renewal for us is that the church has this renewed facility. I know that sounds a little bit basic, but it's kind of interesting even when you think about our West Shore campus, they're in a brand new building. I mean, it smells like, you can smell the glue in the carpet still. It smells brand new. It's got that new building smell, right? And, and here too, you, you've been next door. If you haven't, you gotta get over there. There is a renewal of these old spaces. The old is becoming new. And, and that's the picture. Because God is up to something, there's a renewal even in the church. Our traffic flow has changed. Our parking lots have changed. Our entrances have changed. Our room usages have changed. Our nursery's here. Our nursing mom's is there. Our preschool is currently being renovated right under here. There's a lot of new things happening all around us, and it's quite exciting. And the third thing I want to share with you is the reason why I believe this is a season of renewal, and most importantly, is the Holy Spirit is moving in a new way. The Holy Spirit is moving in a new way. I am so thankful for what God is doing in your life. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm blown away. I hear the conversations. I talk with some of you. You tell me about what God is doing in your life. Listen, God is awakening his church in a new way. God is giving life to his church in a new way. There is a spirit movement. The spirit of God is swelling. On our first, in our first Wednesday services, man, we are sensing it. The, the passion for worship, the desire for more. God is meeting us in beautiful ways. And, and not only that, God is drawing unbelievers, those who, who haven't, haven't really heard this message. It has never come to land in their heart. God is drawing them. People are hungry. We're having conversations and I'm like, wow, you're actually asking me that. I don't have to ask you that. People are saying, how do I get my life right with Jesus? I know that's what I need to do. I know that I need this hope and this life and this faith that you're talking about because the spirit is drawing. The Holy Spirit is moving. Man, we're seeing it in a passion for prayer. We're seeing it in a renewed emphasis on the prophetic. In fact, through this whole journey of where we've been with name change, there's been moments where God has spoken sovereignly by his spirit through individuals that have then been confirmed by other individuals. So we know with confidence what God is up to. The spirit is moving. God's up to something. I just want to be a new wineskin so God can do something new in my life. Amen? You with me? That's what this season is all about. So as I said before, when God does something new, when you look at it in the scripture, there's many, many places where what God does that's new is punctuated with a name change. So Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Saul became Paul. There's another really neat spot in the, um, in the New Testament where the church it was known as the people of the way. That's what the, the, the Christians were called before they were called Christians. But in a place called Antioch, where all of these amazing people from all over the world, a really multicultural group, joined together in the city of Antioch. It was a really metropolitan city. They said, man, God's doing something new here. We need a name for this. And that was the first place where they were called Christians. And so when God does something new, he often punctuates it with a name change. And that's also true with GT. Did you know that? Over the years, GT has had many names. Some of you are saying, hold on a second. I, I know it's been glad tidings. It's been glad tidings a long time. But 
Let me walk you through the names of GT. Are you ready for this? Because as God did new things, names were changed and adjusted. In 1923, when our church began, it was called Victory Temple, then the Full Gospel Tabernacle, then Pentecostal Tabernacle, then Pentecostal Assembly, then Victoria Pentecostal Assembly, then Glad Tidings Pentecostal Assembly, then Glad Tidings Tabernacle, then Glad Tidings Pentecostal Church, then Glad Tidings Church Victoria, and informally we know it as GT. (laughs) So 10 different expressions, adjustments throughout the history of our church based on what? Based on the new thing that God was doing. Because God was moving, God was working, and it needed to be punctuated with an adjustment. And now almost 100 years into this journey, it's a new season again. And so as 2022 began, the leadership team was just saying, God, what are you saying? We see you doing new things. We see this as a new season. Everything's changed. God, what are you saying? Our building is changing. It's turning around. New signage. New. What are you saying? And we felt that God was asking us to consider a name change. We were being led gently by the hand of God. And so I asked you to join. I told you about this, and I said, will you join us? Will you email me and tell me what GT means to you? And many of you emailed me, and I want to thank you for that. I want you to know I read every email you sent. And it was important and a blessing. And I also said, why don't you pray? And so as we prayed, we were saying, God, would you speak? God, would you bring direction? Would you help us understand? And, and God did that. God spoke very clearly, undeniably to our hearts. And so the leadership team has great confidence in today because we know that God said something to us and we're just responding to what God said. I had one of our, our seniors who um, is a prayer warrior and was coming to Tuesday prayer and was doing what I asked. She was praying, God, why in the world would that pastor want to change our name? I think it was a little bit softer than that. But she said to me as she was, as she was coming to the church, she said, God, why a name change? I like GT. I like our name. Why, why does it need to be changed? And she's recounting this story to me. And she drove on her way to the Tuesday prayer. She drove past the backside of the building between the arena and the construction zone. And she said, the Lord spoke so clearly to her. The church needs a new name because I'm doing a new thing. And she came to me and she said, I just got to tell you, I've been praying and this is what God is saying to me. We need a new name because God's doing a new thing. And I was like, amen. And she said, and I've got a verse for you. And this is the verse that she gave me from Isaiah 62. Take a look at it. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. And then she looked, yeah, she looked right at me. And she said, Andy, God's going to give you the new name of our church. Uh, that's humbling. So what I want you to know is I didn't just go in my office and come out and say, I've got it. (laughs) I had a, yeah, no, I didn't do that. We walked into a process. I involved our leadership team. I involved the staff. We prayed together. And to be honest, I tried, I tried very carefully to let the process take place. And it did. If you talk to the leadership team, we took our job really seriously. We said, God, what are you saying? And then we said, let's get the help of experts. And we did that. 
And we said, let's meet several times, and we did that. Let's pray together, and we did that. Let's gather the input of the staff and the congregation, and we did that. And then we shortlisted several names, and then none of them are the name I'll be presenting to you today. <laughs> because God completely interrupted the process. You know, we had this short, and, and the leadership team are here, so I'm not lying, okay? They're here, and they're nodding their heads. God interrupted the process. We had these names, and we were saying, okay, Lord, is it this name? Is it this name? We're batting it around. We're trying it on. We're saying these names. We're sharing our opinions. We're talking it through, and we kind of, we said we kind of like this one name. And then the conversation turned, and one particular member of our leadership teams, team said, I like it, but it's just not enough. And when they said, it's just not enough, God hit me and I, <laughs> I just brought out this name, to be honest, that I hadn't thought of in seven years. It was a name that the Lord put in my heart seven years earlier. I shared it and all of a sudden we were in complete agreement. I, I even had one of the board members say, you see, if you would have started with that, we would have been done already. But we had to go on the journey and hear God. And, and let me tell you the story of that particular name. I'm not going to tell you the name quite yet. <laughs> You're being so good, so patient. So what had happened is I was only about a year into my, my journey as, as the lead pastor of GT. And I went away for a retreat personal retreat, pray, vision, that sort of thing. And I came back with all these ideas, you know, all these ideas for what we should be doing in Victoria and how to organize the staff and sermon series. And I was feeling like, man, that was so good. And I'm driving back home. It's pouring rain. It's in the winter sometime. And I'm driving back home down the highway, not quite to the Malahat yet. And this big truck comes flying past me. Some of you have heard me tell this story before. And when the truck came flying past me, on the back window was this outline of Vancouver Island. And the Lord hit me. I mean, I knew it was God. It was so heavy on my chest and a voice in my spirit that said, don't forget the island. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I went away with you and all I did was think about Victoria, think about this, this people, think about, and it was from those seeds that we started our multiplication journey. It was from the seeds of that moment, the outline of Vancouver Island that sparked for me a sense that we have to plant churches. We have to multiply. God wants us to reach the island. And so it was in that same spirit that this word from seven years ago, this name just came out. And that was a wonderful moment. And so, are you ready? I mean, it is with such great confidence and joy that I share with you our new name. Glad Tidings Victoria is becoming, ready for it? Coastline Church. This is going to take time. Thanks for clapping first, by the way. It's like, I don't even know how I feel about it. I love it. I appreciate the support. It's going to take some time. But I want you to know it's a really good name. And I want to just give you a few reasons why I think that. Um, but before I tell you why I think it's a good name, let me give you a concept that I think will help you. How do you process something like this? 
you know? Um, let me just give you an example. I think that's probably the best way. I've got um, several mugs that I brought from my house. And I'll just tell you about them. This one, it's just, it's a little simple mug. It says joy on it. And this was made by one of our former staff members who's in the UK now. Um, and she gave it to me because the Lord had given me a word for that year and it was choose joy. And so she made me this mug. So that's kind of, kind of a special mug to me. And this one here is really plain, but it's actually super special because my daughter Eden painted it. It's her 13th birthday today. If you see her, you can welcome her to her teenage years and pray for us. <laughs> you know, and this is like a, like a to-go mug with the little thing, you know, we like those. Um, this one is when like I'm, I'm really thirsty and I need some encouragement. It's giant, drink coffee out of this. And it says, be ready to pray, preach, or die. <laughs> Seems like a pastor kind of cup, doesn't it? Yeah, and, um, and this one here is so sweet and lovely and I've never drank out of it in my life. It's Lisa's. And this one here, it's my favorite one of all. It's little, it's called a Kinto. It keeps my coffee warm. Um, it fits really nicely in my cup holder. It's perfect for my AeroPress. There's just so many things right about it. But the reason why it's my favorite is because it has coffee in it right now. Mm. Yeah, so why do I show you this? You're like, thanks, Andy, for the tour of your cupboard. The point, the point is here. You know, I could have a pot of coffee and I could pour it in each one of these. And each cup is different. The coffee's the same. That's the point. We might have a new cup called Coastline Church. And that name is important. But what's inside is more important, right? The vision, the heart, the promises of God, the hundred years of history, the outreach, the ministry, the passion for worship, the commitment to youth and young adults, the, the, the vision to reach this island, that's all still in the cup, friends. It might be a new cup, but it's still your church, amen? Yeah, it really is. So I hope that helps you, but let me just say, if a name is like a cup, then it is, it is special to us, and I have special cups, and I, I feel like this is a special name, and it means some things to us, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But understand that your first kind of pass at it, you may love it. Your first pass at it, you may not. In fact, it was Phil Knight, who um, is the founder of Nike, who said of the... You guys heard of Nike? Anybody heard of Nike? Yeah, little company. Um, when he first saw the Nike branding, he said, I don't love it but I think it will grow on me. I think it's grown on him, right? The point is, is that sometimes we just need time. So will you give the name time? Try it out, say it a lot. Like, talk about your church. My church is Coastline Church. Just try it out a bit and grow familiar with it. Coastline, 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 okay? Get comfortable with it, use it a bit and let it grow on you. Let it grow in your heart a bit. But let me give you now a few reasons why. I believe it's a wonderful name. It's a great name and it's gonna work really well for our church. And really, it starts by saying, Coastline Church actually defines our calling. We have a calling. We're called by God to do a great work for him. You know, I talk to people across Canada, 
all over the place, people who are friends of mine in ministry, pastors, church leaders, and I say, tell me about your burden for Canada. And they're, oh, I got a burden for Canada. I love Canada. I love the city. Or I'm called to that rural area. Or I, I, this geographical location. Or this is my burden. No one has ever said to me, I feel called to Vancouver Island. I'll tell you why. Because God called us. If they were called to Vancouver Island, they'd be here. God put us here and put this island in our hearts. This is our island, and God has called us to minister here. And I love that. I love that picture of 3,400 kilometers of coastline, which belong to us in terms of vision and calling. Are you feeling that in your heart? Is that so good? It's like God said, look, let me put the, let me put the boundary lines out for you. You see that shape? Own it. You see that shape? Own it. And here's how we're going to say it together, that we are on the island for the island. That's why we're here. We're on this island for this island. It can't just be about us. God says, you're too big, and, God is, and I've done too much. I've blessed you in too many ways for you to just hold on to that for yourself. You've got to share it. So whether it's in large urban areas like Nanaimo and our city, Victoria, or whether it's smaller communities like Mill Bay and Qualicum Beach, or, or whether it's regions like the Cowichan Valley or remote communities like Port McNeil or Tafi, we are on the island for the island, and God is going to call to you. God is going to speak to you. God has champions for the cities, the villages, and the towns of this island, and it might be you to go and to make a difference there. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Getting swept up in all that God is doing. Another reason why I think Coastline is such a great name is because it really helps us speak to our vision. I wanna show you a picture, vision. This is Sheringham Lighthouse. This is on the west coast of our island, not too far away. But I want you to see the picture. See that tumultuous sea? Isn't our island beautiful? But it's also rugged, it's also dangerous. And I want you just to catch this vision with me. When, we see, when I see this water and I see it crashing against the shore, I see this lighthouse here, I say, man, that's what God called us to be. GT has always been a beacon of hope and light in this city. Always been that way. This is what God is calling us to. Why? Because people are drowning, friends. People are hurting. People are suffering. They're drowning in the pain. They're drowning in the sorrow. They're drowning in the confusion. And God has called us to shine a light. It's going to be okay because Jesus is good and he wants to love you. That's our heart. That's our call. Thank you, Roy. I love Roy. You want to know when to clap? You just follow Roy. I love you, brother. He's on the leadership team, too. He ought to be excited, right? Yeah. And so there's this beautiful picture for us, you know, and it includes all of those that we're able to minister to online. Did you know this week, this week, just like all the other weeks, there'll be over 700 people who watch the video online. I want you to understand that what you see is not all that is being touched by this house. The vision is big and God is reaching and there's people that are lonely. Maybe right now you're in your home and you're just feeling lonely. You're feeling afraid. You're feeling isolated. Listen, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. There's a lighthouse for you. We want to help you and the truth of Christ belongs to you right now. Maybe there's someone that, that, they just needed to hear that today because that's truth. One of our staff members said, I just, when you said the name, I just had this picture because we shared it with the staff a little bit early. And 
she said, I just had this picture of Jesus on the shore saying, come home. Just come home. And I really feel like maybe even today, for some of you, this has been your church, but you came today because we're talking about the name change, and you're like, I want to hear that. But I want you to hear this. Jesus is saying, come home. Come home. Come back. And, and, and for some of you, listen, it's not even just about you. It's about your children. They need the house of God. They need to grow up in the house of God. They need to learn about Jesus. We want to help you disciple your kids. Come on back. Welcome home. Come home. Some of you, you've been gone a long time. Come home. Some of you are watching online. Come on. Come on home. Come back. Come be with us. There's a vision here. There's hope and there's life for you in Jesus. I mentioned it before, but we're a resource church, which means that God has put so much in us and we're responsible to share it. We can't keep it for ourselves. You know the parable of the talents? where, where there's, there's, there's a gifts that God has given and what we do with those gifts, one day God will say, GT or coastline, what did you do with what I gave you? And so we're a resource church and we're called, there's a mandate for us to train and release leaders to, to um, plant churches and campuses. But we're also supposed to revitalize works. This has been in our heart a long time. There's churches that are suffering and dying and God wants to use us to bring a revitalization work into some of those beautiful, beautiful churches. See, God gave us a vision for 10 life-giving churches and I want you to hear me say it. That hasn't changed. COVID or not, it has not changed. We will fulfill the vision that God has called us to. Now, the reason why I just love Coastline is because it's, it creates a lot of positive images for people, you know? It, it's a, the Coastline is a destination. How many of you got in the water this year somewhere? Absolutely. The coastline is a destination. It's a place of refreshing. It's a place to play. It's a place of wonder and beauty and life. And people want to get there. And so even the name itself is an invitation. Come on. Come to the place of refreshing. Come to the place that is going to bring a positive word to your life. There was another prophetic word that came into the house through Pastor Adam. And this was, this was kind of back at the beginning of the year. We were organizing team. We were getting people together. He hadn't uh, maybe it was a little bit further back. It was before um, West Shore launched, but it was right before it. And he said, Andy, God gave me a word, and it was this. The tide is coming in. The tide is coming in. And man, I want to tell you, that resonated in our hearts because what happens as the tide comes in? The water gets deeper. Things begin to change. There might be a little bit of an ebb and flow, but on the overall, it's coming in. And it was a picture. God is bringing blessing. God is bringing a new day. Something new is happening. There's a blessing coming. Can I ask you a question? If, if the tide represents the blessing, then where do you want to be? I want to be right on the coast so I can get in the water. Amen? I want to be right there where God is moving. And this idea of the tide coming in actually fueled our process and helped us land on the name Coastline because God has spoken again and again. And I have two more reasons, okay? Two more reasons. The fourth one is this. Because Coastline Church is unique, yet it's relatable. It's unique in that there's no other church in Canada with this name. So we can properly own it. It's also unique in that it's geographical. You can't be Coastline Church if you're in Alberta. <laughs> Take that, cattle country. But look at this. It's beautiful. We get to live here and the rest of the world has to be jealous. 
You know, there's something really unique about being an islander, about being on the coast, about living here. And God wants to put something inside of us that's unique and specific that says, we understand you, Vancouver Island. We get it. And we want to minister to you. We want to love you. And so there's a relatability when it comes to the island. It fits our culture. We can take ownership. And the, and the final thing I want to say to you is that Coastline works for everyone. Absolutely everyone. And this is, this is what we were after, friends. Why are we changing the name? God is doing something new, yes. It's new wine skin for new wine, yes. But also, we needed a larger umbrella. GT makes a lot of sense if you live here. And we figured out how to make it work in the West Shore. But as soon as you leave the greater Victoria area, there's no context for Glad Tidings Victoria. It just doesn't work. A name change is necessary. Why? Because we need an umbrella that fits everybody. And coastline, listen, you, if you live on Vancouver Island, you live within reach of the coastline. It fits you. You belong to it. And, and also, it's really fun to use with all of our various ministries. Let me show you a little bit, just some of our next-gen stuff that we've been playing with. Here's our kids' ministry, Coastline Kids. And um, here's uh, youth ministry, Coastline Youth. And then young adults, all of our next-gen stuff, young adults. And so it works for all of these demographics. You can go to the next slide as well. You can see them all three together. It works for all these various age groups, and we want them to be able to take ownership without having to be separate. We've had city youth. We've had, we used to have a door, and then we had this, now we have the six. And all of that is fine, but what we want to do is we want to bring everybody together under the same umbrella. So it works also in all of our locations. Let me show you how we would do it with uh, West Shore, Coastline West Shore. Now listen, here's the thing. When you go to Starbucks, you don't tell people, hey, let's go to Fort Street. No, you say, let's go to Starbucks. It just happens to be on Fort Street, right? And here's the challenge. Back in the day when we had our, our West Hills campus before we went into COVID, when at the West Hills campus, if you went there, you would hear, hey, everybody, welcome to West Hills. Hey, West Hills, West Hills, West Hills. Why? Because it's identifiable and Glad Tidings Victoria was tough to use. So we made it GT, but it became West Hills. So in other words, they were known only firstly by their location, not by who they belong to. And we want to be one. We want to be one house. And so that's why we're all going to be coastline. So it'll be coastline West Shore, and it'll also be coastline Ignite. And we're going to continue to use coastline in everywhere we go, all the way up the island. It fits for everyone. Okay? So I'm going to show you a couple more images that I actually, they're not on the video. So you get, you get them special today. And that's just a couple of signs that we're working on. So let me show you a couple things. Here's the new front of the building that we're working on. And uh, let me show you the monument sign out front uh, on the Quadra Street side. It'll look like that. Um, yeah, uh, it's a small clap, golf clap, it's fine. But there's our coffee bags for our new cafe. Woo, come on. Cheers, everybody. Yeah, you can buy our coffee. 
It's called Title Blend, and all the proceeds go to Kingdom Builders. So you can buy uh, coffee from your church and share it with others and, and uh, drink it yourself. So anyway, all that's coming. So I wanted to show you all of this. I want you to be excited with us. You may be asking, when is Coastline Church going to start being used? Well, you're going to start hearing the language of it, but the shift over comes on September 11th on Welcome Home Sunday. And so now, between now and then, we'll be using the language, we'll be working um, on it, and so you just have to be comfortable with both. And for those of you that may be wondering what's happening to GT Church, nothing. Actually, Glad Tidings Church is not being eliminated. We're just doing business as Coastline Church now. So if you're stubborn and you want to write your checks to Glad Tidings, we'll still cash them. (laughs) But everything you see, all the branding, everything's going to change. Why? Because we want to be one church together across everywhere. And we want our mission to be out front. Our mission to reach the island. Yeah. It's done. Let's pray together. God, I just thank you for this amazing church. And together we just say, God, thank you for new wineskin seasons. And we welcome the new wine that you're pouring out. Lord, for many of us, we ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, come. And, and, and be like oil that softens. Help us to regain our elasticity. Help us to become flexible and pliable, Lord, so that you can fill us afresh, anew, again. New wine, Lord, in these new wineskins. So, Lord, we declare it's a new day, and we believe you're doing a new thing. And we thank you that the mouth of the Lord has bestowed a new name upon us. And we choose together, Lord, to receive that and to just own that, not reluctantly, but with a great sense of joy and ownership. And we ask that you would bless this new season in Jesus' name. Now, I just wanna pray for one more minute. Maybe you're here and and you're saying, you know what, I've never been filled like you've talked about by Jesus. Listen, you need to give your life to him. He loves you. I believe he's calling to you today. You simply say to him, Jesus, come and fill me up. I receive you. I want the life that you give. I want this life of hope, this life of purpose. I I wanna be saved from the past and the sin of my life. I want the shame removed. Come and fill me, Jesus. I'm a wineskin. Pour your new wine into me. Yeah. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that one that's making that decision right now. Just bless you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.